Live with Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Tonight I had my friend come back in town, Mr. Brian Head Welch. How are you, sir? All right. How you doing? I like food and I like to eat with you. <laughs> Thank you for that meal. Oh, wait. I paid. You did pay. I actually, you know what, what I didn't tell you, Sean, is I set what? up this party. Mm-hmm. Full, I set up a full dinner party we had. We even have a more out and nice. uh, and Gene out from Miami tattoo in in L.A. And I set up this whole dinner. I said, hey, let's go all meet up. We'll all go out to dinner. My treat, I show up. I forgot my wallet. You've done that before. I know it works every time. <laughs> it works every time. What Thank about you. Davey? Davey was oh, there, Oh, too. yeah, Davey. That's right. And Davey's here <laughs> representing Huntington Beach. We got, a, we got a full studio of people. And last time I had you on the stove, stove. What's up? You want to go to the stove? <laughs> <laughs> last time I got out of the stove, we were talking about your book, With My Eyes Wide Open. And I'm going to be honest. And not just because I'm your friend, Sir Head. That book is epic. Really? Yeah. I read your last book. I think it took me three days to read your last book, right when I first got saved. Uh, Save Me for Myself, which was amazing. And then you came out with 40 Days of Spirituality. Um, yeah, Stronger. Stronger was the other book, which is also amazing. But then I got this book because you know I'm actually like a sixth grade. No, not even sixth grade. I say a first grade reading level. <laughs> um, that's why I read the New Living Translation. But I got the audio book. And you're actually, it's your voice on the audio book. Yep. I read the whole thing. It took about two weeks. There's only like two times where I was going to walk out. Just walk out of the studio like I was I kept tripping like I don't think I told you earlier, but I would it would I would stop like four times during the page because I just you're just thinking about. Yeah, if I'm reading it, oh, am I reading it right? Da, 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 da. And does it sound boring? You know, is yeah. it monotone. I just felt like ignorant. But um, sometimes I would get through a full page. and I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> and it would encourage me. That's why. If and when that book ever comes out, I couldn't do it. I can't read a, a no. page straight right now. I don't know. You'd be a mess. Plus, be trying a mess. to like make it happen so it sounds good. No, you, be able to do it. That was the first audiobook I've ever listened to. Tell you the really? truth, I read everything. Yeah, and I so like to read. When I found out that you were narrating it, I was like, okay, because that's the only thing with the audiobook. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, I want to hear the heart, the author's heartbeat. You know. If it's somebody else, I don't know, sometimes I can't connect. But when I knew you were reading it, I was like, no way. I, I heard the sample, downloaded it, dude. I just plowed through it. Ryan was telling me about the whole thing. He was all hyped about it. Amped. So I was just, I had a, some time on Friday, and I just went through the whole thing. I finished it actually coming here to the studio right oh, wow. now, the last 20 minutes. But it came out amazing. Thank you, I found you, myself man. laughing at times, too. You know what's crazy? Uh, I read, I heard somebody told me, hey, man, I just, uh, I listened to your audiobook for my first book because mm-hmm. they put it out later. And I was like, what? What audiobook? And I went and I checked iTunes and it was some guy. He was like, and me and Jenea went to the store. <laughs> and I said, Jenea, would you like me to buy you a hamster? And I was like, no, never again. And so someone I read it pu- myself. Someone pull it up on iTunes because you could sample yes. it. Pull it up. Let's, 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 let's get a sample. Save me from myself hey, audiobook. I actually found it. When I was looking up your book, I'm like, save me from myself is up here. Why didn't I get that? In the beginning. Then I heard that it, guy's voice too. Yeah, it wasn't out yet. Yeah, I know. I got to say, you know, going through the whole book, it was pretty amazing. But I'll tell you what I was telling Ryan the other day. It made me feel really good about my life, actually. Absolutely. You've been through a lot of stuff. I have. You've been through a lot of stuff. And you know what? Like the Lord makes you walk out the word that you carry. In my words, overcoming and restoration and all that. But 
Yeah, that's you know that's what he does. He taught me. You know, I got this. Uh, it was a prophetic guy came to me, mm. and uh, it was two thousand and seven, and and he was from Africa, mm. and he goes, Brian, the Lord's going to show you how to suffer for Him, and I was no. like, false prophet. <laughs> <laughs> And he really has over the years, man. Oh, He's like, man. yeah. <laughs> I you think want to hear I it? I think we found it. Yeah, here, here's the Save Me For Myself audiobook. Check it out. Sample. Here's head. I've been completely clean and sober for over two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> my life has never been happier. And my life has never been happier. <laughs> my life has See, never been happier. My life has That's never been happier. That's why I won't do it. There's life, man. I, I encourage, man, the listeners, you have to download uh, this book. I mean, if you like hard copy, get the hard copy, too. It's got pictures. But uh, Yeah, I got pictures. <laughs> but, dude, the audio one is legit, too. You can just listen to it when you're driving on these crazy freeways and everything. It's pretty amazing. Amazing story. I think a lot of people have questions. I have a question about, about Head. So many people have seen all that he's gone through over these years. And um, the way that this book is put together, where it's just very transparent, yeah, I think it absolutely. just answers so many questions. I think it would be really encouraging because sometimes, you know, you think of somebody that's a rock star that's traveled all around the world. You forget, like, each person, they're individuals, man. Mm-hmm. You have problems, man. You have problems when you look at your bank account and you're like, you want to cry. You have problems when you're going through stuff with your family and just yourself personally. You know, he was very open in the book talking about battling with depression in corn before even walking with the lord then walking with the lord having bouts of depression and the struggle is real yeah and i believe that's why it's going to connect to so many people it i was, think it, so it got so gnarly to where you know you didn't have any money and i remember you were meeting with your daughter and you guys were making like it was white bread and what was it butter and some something i forget i don't know like one, one time i tell the story and it's butter next time it's cheese and next it might time have it's been eggs. cheese but, <laughs> but it was it was like yeah it was nothing and that was a real thing and I was looking for, I was like, you know, let's look for quarters, Janaea, so we can go to the store, okay? And w- I was like, watch God. He's going to provide for us. And I would tell her that. Even though she was young, I wanted that to get into her DNA. I wanted to, like, to just program her. And so, yeah, we did that for a while. And, and that was like two weeks, a week or two. And then out of the blue, he's my manager called me. He goes, you're never going to guess. He said, Corn just sent you a check. And it was like the lottery, I'm telling you. Yeah. I was humbled. But I knew, I'd heard all these ministers that were like brought down to nothing and they barely made their rent and they could, and people brought groceries to their, yeah. right. to their door. And I was like, you know what? So I wasn't freaking out because I was like, Lord, maybe you're testing me like this and like them and, and I'm going to get through it and then you're going to exalt me one day. Mm-hmm. I just, I knew he was going to exalt me, but I didn't know it was going to be back in corn. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. Yeah, now the book is, it's epic, man. It's a lot of uh, real life, real life stuff, the ups and downs, and just the, the journey. We walk by faith, not by sight. You know, that's the verse. It's like, life's tough, Yeah. but we walk by faith, Yeah. you know, and, and you do go, go through hard times, and you go you have these mountaintop experiences, but when these the, all these trials and tribulations we go through, they're, they're testing, and they build that, that Christian character, and just even to see, you know, with, with your daughter, you know, you raising her and, you know, I know you personally as a friend and, and you, you've just loved on her and she's doing she's doing amazing now as well. She's awesome. I'm going. I'm literally like, oh, she's graduating just That's any, any any day now. So I'm, I'm a little bit going crazy and, and I'm a little bit proud, a lot of bit proud. And I'm just like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. She's an adult. 
I, that's crazy, too. That's another thing. Going through the book, you know, because we all connected, you know, the beginning of Whosoever is about 09, 08. Yeah. And, um, you know, Janelle was a lot younger at that time. So, what, she's 17, 18 right now? She's 18, she's July 18. 6th. So, she's like, what? I mean, she was young. So, like, she was nine about years 11. Ago. Yeah. Rob. Oh my God! Yeah, I can't do the math that quick. No, but, no, uh, she'd be younger than that. I've she's been like nine seven years. or eight. Yeah, she would be like eight. She'd be like eight, nine, going Dang. Five, going ten. I mean, she was young. Yeah. You know, I I remember her her being around and just you know everything was just so fresh at that time to think how quick time goes by, and then that's another mm-hmm. aspect of this book that's amazing. And I was gonna ask that question like you're very transparent with your your daughter Janae and her her struggles and how. How did she take that? How open was she of you speaking about all these things that are taking place in her life? Because that's pretty, and God's using her yeah. in that way. Um, she, I never would have put it in if she would have said no. Yeah. I have uh, Tiffany Claywell, Travis Claywell, and, and their parents um, are over the school. They run the school that she goes to. Tiffany's a counselor, mm-hmm. and I brought it to them. Tell, that, tell them about know, the school a little bit. The school is called Awakening Youth. It's in Indiana. It's in Lafayette, Indiana, and they they work with troubled girls, girls that are like they 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 just lose who they are and they they're broken and they don't really have the confidence or whatever. It could be you know whatever problem, but they're they're like anointed. They're gifted to help them. And so I found it about two years before Janae, probably when she was twelve. I was rolling through. Uh, on a tour with Love and Death, and um, all these kids came, and I and I met them all. They were like fans of my story and all that. And so, yeah, I just met them, but I put Janae in that school. And uh, what was I saying before that? Uh, you were talking about the the letter or or getting her approval to talk about her in the book, and you took it oh, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to Denise and all them. Or not Denise, Tiffany. Denise. I think there's a Denise there, though. Is there? But um, so I was like, Basically, I had like two chapters, unless I could share that stuff. So I was like, what else am I talking about? <laughs> That's true. It's like seven <laughs> chapters, that old. Yeah. Deal. Right? But no, she was like, she she had gotten through a lot of those issues at that time. She wasn't where she is now, but she was like, you know, I think I can help a lot of girls out there. So she was down with it. Well, you and, know what? Be honest, she is going to because, I mean, you know that we've been traveling to, we go to high schools weekly and we do the Kill the Noise tour and these kids, wherever we go that are that same age from, you know, 15 to 18 years old, they're dealing with cutting. They're dealing with suicidal thoughts. I mean, there was a story of a girl. We went to a school in San Diego last year, and the teacher happened to book us to come to show up at this our full, first high school. We show up, and the, there are all these kids. The bell rings, and then all of a sudden, all the kids disappear. And we're like, wait a minute. This is our first kill the noise. <laughs> And there's only like 20 kids that showed up, these little punk rock kids. And we're like, where did everyone go? They go, oh, this is the last day of school. We're like, wait a minute. We just spent $6,000 to come down here to book a school, and you booked us on the last day of school? Are you serious? <laughs> yes. But, but listen, this is, how, this is how amazing God is. So we're, dude, we're freaking out. David Arroyo's behind me around here somewhere. Dude, we're all going, where are all the kids? Six thousand. We just wrote a check for $6,000. No, what's that? <laughs> and there was, uh, we, I ended up speaking to like, 20 kids there, and there was this girl in a wheelchair, wheelchair with green hair, this Mexican girl with green hair, a little punk rock girl, and I'm talking, and I, you know, I asked if people want to receive the Lord, and, you know, a bunch of people, the people that there received the Lord except for her. So she kind of stood out to me, so I walked over to her after and started talking to her, and she's like, I don't believe in God. 
you know, and, and then as I started kind of loving on her, just said, all right, she's not about the God thing, but let's just love on her. Yeah. As I started loving on her, she basically said, she goes, I, she goes, I'm kind of all like dizzy right now. She goes, I, I took too many pills last night. I tried committing suicide. I'm like, whoa. whoa, we're like hanging out with this girl mm. that just tried committing suicide last night. And here she is hearing the message. And so what I did is interesting enough. I sent her Lacey's book. I sent her your book. She's like, she's like a you know punk rock chick. So I sent her your book, your devotion, uh, wow. and Lacey's book. And I've been just communicating with her. I'll text her here and there and just kind of love on her. It turns out I get an email a year later t- from th- from the um, the teacher, and she says, "Hey, uh, we." She goes, "The girl that you guys witnessed to in the wheelchair last year, she wants me to start a Christian club at the school this year." I said, "What?" So she's like on fire for God. She's starting a, a the Christian club, and I go, "We're bringing kill the noise, not the last day of school, but we're going to bring it next year yeah. during prime time." So amazing. Hey, what if there was two hundred kids there? And that girl wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have had, you know, you wouldn't have the time because of all the, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, because she stood out. Out of, yeah. out of those kids, I could see her when I was talking, to, she was just kind of like, kind of looking around. Like, I just pointed out, you're right. But, you know, all things work together for good for those that love God. And yeah. that's, you know, I want to talk about, since we're talking about just reaching the lost. You know, it's it's so important, you know. It's like, you know what I like before, yeah, real quick. I love that God, God in his thinking is like, that girl is worth that six thousand dollars right there. Right. I mean, yeah. it's more, she's worth way more than that. Yep. You know that one, just for her. That's how just kind he is and loving God is. But yeah, saving the lost. That's what it's all about. I was talking to uh, to Ronnie Feist, you know Ronnie McThony, and he was like, "Dude, it's gonna be sick one day when we show up at a school and like no one shows up, only like one person, <laughs> and we have this full production, and then like just one person shows up." They accept the Lord, and we're like, dude, we came all the way here for this one person. So yeah. it's not a number game. I mean, it varies. We show up at some schools, and there could be 100 kids. Some schools, there could be 500 kids. Yeah. It's, I don't know. You know, it's just the Holy Spirit draws people. I mean, obviously, we want the masses because yeah. why wouldn't we? Yeah, you reach more people. Yeah, he says go out into the world, you know? And yeah. So that's normal. And I do get bummed out sometimes when it's like, uh, you know, just small numbers, but whatever. God God does turn it all around for good. Well, let's talk about, you know, I, I know I went on a corn tour last, I don't know. I don't know, I think it was like last year. All I know is I went to Denver. And last time I was in Denver, it was summertime, and I had like shorts and a shirt. I showed up in Denver, and it was like 30 below. <laughs> yep. And I had my shorts and my T-shirt and my bag, and I was like, what the heck is going on right now? It's like a blizzard. It was like the coldest it's been forever. And I show up there. <laughs> Freezing, dude. You don't even want to like leave the hotel. Yeah. And then you get in the car and you're frozen. The heat doesn't work. But I went on that trip with you. It was a Slipknot? It was. You were on Slipknot tour, and uh, at the end, basically, right when I got there, you're like, dude, hey, we're gonna send this guy around and let people know that we're all gonna be. So, well, anyway, you tell me, tell me, what were you guys doing when I flew out there? How you guys were like reaching out to people? The every night, every night, we had um, we had people. We had a guy come out, and we had him go throughout the crowd. There are, sometimes there was a couple people, and they go out there and they say, "Hey, a couple of the guys from Corn are going to talk to you if, if you guys want to come." And, and this and, this is a stadium. You're talking like twenty thousand people. Yeah, these well, are stadiums. Well, well, no, it's like arena. Arenas, arena. okay. So whatever between um, between ten and and seventeen, okay. probably in there. Um, sometimes less, but uh, that's a lot of people. I don't uh, care. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, we used to have all of our crew. They would get fired if they didn't go out. And find the girls 
and give them passes to come backstage. Now we have, you know, see how times change with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's crazy. We send people out and uh, we say, hey, a couple guys from Corn are, are going to meet you over here. And, um, you know, and some a couple of the people would be, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to talk about the Jesus stuff? Mm-hmm. And then he'll be like, yeah, straight up. Yep. You know, and if they don't want to come, then they don't come. But, and then sometimes we just ambush people where there's a bunch of people. And we're like, hey, we show up. And we're like, hey, come here. And naturally here, they're going to stop, you. right? Yeah. 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 And they come over and, and the Holy Spirit uses it, you know, and uses us. And it's just, we're not any better than anybody else. We're not more important. We're just doing what we're trying to do in right. our in the atmosphere. And so, you know, uh, you were there. Yeah. I mean, look how we did. That was a lot of people. Remember that? Yeah. That we yeah. were like against the wall, yep. and and some of the people were like, oh, "Can I get a picture?" We're like, "Hold on, man, hold on. We're gonna yep. talk to you first. And we broke down the gospel. We told them our testimonies, and people prayed with us. And you know, uh, we're just doing what we can, you know. And I'm doing all I can in there, and I'm putting out books. I'm I got a movie coming out. Um, I'm talking to people one on one, so it's like. I'm doing everything I can. You what's know? what's yeah? Because obviously, you know, I love that verse where when when God's praying to or Jesus is praying to His Father God, and He's like, do, I don't. He's talking about the disciples. He's like, don't take them out, Lord. Just keep them from the evil one. Yeah. But, you know, send, they're not of this world. Neither am I. But I'm sending them out to yeah. the world. Yeah. I'm not. I'm in the world, but not of the world. And that's that's what I've always, you know, you know, ever since I met you, um, even when the movement started, the Hussars movement, that's always been like our hearts is that we want to reach people for Christ and we will do it like, like Christ. I mean, he reads the loss at any cost and the cost was that he gave his life. And in the same way we need to give our life as a living sacrifice and pour it out so we could reach people for Christ. And, and it's, I mean, Jesus was controversial, you know, and C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis said, uh, you know, he's untamed. He's wild and he's untamed. Yeah. And when you read all about Jesus, I mean, the religious, leaders were going crazy with Jesus. I mean, he drove, yep. they drove him drove him to the place where they were had a critical spirit and they were they were studying him, analyzing every move he made so that they could get something on him and they could use it against him and they could crucify him. Yeah. But he what he was doing is he was completely uprooting the whole religious system. It was broken for 400 years since the last book of Malachi. God didn't speak to his people and the people that he put in place which was the Pharisees and Sadducees, the farmers of Israel to take care of the, the land so that they would produce fruit. They were in this dead system. And then they said, John the Baptist, which look, I always say that you look like John the Baptist ah. <laughs> minus the tattoos <laughs> smells the same, but hey, <laughs> that's messed up. That's messed up. John, Hey, John had dreads. He was a Nazarite never to cut his hair. The right. Jews had curly hair, big old locks. I bet. Yep. But he sent G, uh, John the Baptist out there and he was a wild man. And now, Jesus comes up on the scene, which is another wild man. He is God. He's perfect. But he was literally, I love that story where he was uh, eating with the tax collectors in Matthew 2. And that part, it says that he was hanging out with uh, sinners and hanging out with uh, the tax men. And, you know, those guys were crooked. Mm-hmm. I, I call that little that little meeting, it's the Wolf of Wall Street posse. Because <laughs> you think about this. Those tax collectors, they would tax everyone that would come back and forth from the land and they had to give their quota. Anything they made on top was their pocket. Well, why wouldn't you break those pockets? If you're, if that's how you're going to make money, people hated them. They're rich. Prostitution was legal. What was, what was talked about in that table 
where Jesus was hanging out. Because that's the only story that says he hung out with notorious sinners. And even the religious people are like, why is he hanging out with such scumbags? Yeah. I mean, dude, you if, you know, I've read about the Wolf of Wall Street, right? And those guys remind me of my friends and me. Back in the day, girls, porn, drugs, alcohol, going crazy, sex. Yep. Now Jesus is here hanging out with them. Well, you know, I, what I think is so important, and for those that are tuning in right now, this is Live with Ryan Reese. We have Brian Head Welch, also known as Mr. Head, in studio, and uh, Ryan, obviously. And we're just kind of talking about, we, we are able to sit down in the studio, kind of go over everything that's taking place with Head. And I think what's really important is the way we talked about uh, you doing the high school tours, him at, at the concerts and stuff. And there are masses of people that sometimes we come in contact with but in, the, ma- in the, the middle of that, God works in people's lives individually. Even through the Gospels, he deals with people as individuals. The woman caught in the very act of adultery, individual. Mm-hmm. Samaritan woman by herself, a blind man. And multiple times because that's the intricate details that God does in our lives. He knows everything about us and how he, um, w- what he needs to do in our lives to get us to that place where we can be humbled. And so I, I've seen videos when you guys were back in the, one of the corn uh, concerts, the one you're talking about, that video of you guys preaching, and it was full gospel teaching and preaching to these people right there, people accepting the Lord at, at that particular time. One thing that we forget is, like, there's lost souls everywhere. The Lord cares about the whole world. Yep. He does not, he, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And there can be massive, but there could be that one individual you guys can talk to at the end of the day that, and that, god loves it. that's what i like about matthew yeah. too it shows that jesus was inside of a home preaching to people mm-hmm. he's like i look at it as like he's at a whole bible study then after he starts goes out to the lake shore and he starts preaching to people as they would come to him so he now he's out to like the common man by the lake shore mm-hmm. hanging out then it shows that he does street evangelism he sees levi and levi's over his life being ripping people off so he has that one-on-one contact but then he went to like this this dinner with all these like gnarly sinners. He was everywhere. But the yeah. thing about Jesus, he was in the world, not of the world. And there you are, Head. You're 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 out. God's called you back to corn. Yep. You're on this journey, but you're in the world, not of the world. But when I see you and I think about situations I put myself into as well, we're we're called, but you are in the thick of it. You are with like crazy sinners around you and, and and people that's controversial just like jesus was controversial yeah what, what do you think about all that well uh the thing is man i i didn't really see this happening and i resisted it <laughs> I but you talk about it. in the book you yeah talk about I, your I, go in, I go into detail of it but the thing is is that we need when we get saved there there's there's a we become religious you know i think and we and the, but there's a time where God, it's like you know how babies what do you mean are religious? born. What do you mean religious? I just think that we get to. Here, here's the, here's the thing, when we get saved, mm-hmm. God wants to get us into a pure, sterile environment spiritually. He needs to take us away from the world, and just like a baby, when a baby's born, they're they're in a, like everything is surrounding them. It's pure and it's sterile, and you can't mm-hmm. get anything around them. That's that's that would defile them because right. they're just so new, and so when we're born again, we're very, very new. And God likes to take us out of the world, just like He did with Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul got saved; he went blind, all that stuff, and then he went away. 
and for years. And so God did that. He took me away and he got me in a pure environment, sterile environment. I was with my daughter. And then, but there's a time when, when he, when he forms Christ in you over the years that you're built up strong enough and you can go back into places and you won't be affected by it. And that's when Paul went back to the pagans. He mm-hmm. went back to these people. These people were having sex with each other, like incest. Oh, all yeah. But he could, yeah. he could handle it. You know, he couldn't have handled it when he was saved one year or whatever. God took him away. But there was a time when he was ready and prepared and he went and he was able to be around that and he brought him to the Lord. And mm-hmm. that's what the Lord's doing with me. You know, he prepared me. I'm not saying like I'm some apostle or nothing <laughs> right. like that, but he built me up through all this fire that you talked about in the right. book, Sean, that like he he uh he formed Christ in me through through the sufferings I went through and through all this stuff so that I'm built up and so I'm back in this and I'm I'm not of the world and I'm only there for the my motivation is for Jesus. That's it. Period. Period. I, I would dude, so encourage I'm gonna give another plug for the book again because I'm seriously I was blown away. And especially on this aspect of it, because he does go in a lot of detail about going back into corn. Because a lot of people ask questions and because he was so open of why he left corn in the first place. And then what that stage was in his life, separation from all of the stuff of bad influences for so many years, and then raising his daughter, like that was his motivating factor in a lot of ways. And he's in the book. He was he was approached a couple times to go back, and he was just kind of wrestling with it, or the thought being kicked around a little bit, Yeah. right? And it was just like this whole process. Like you're like, no, no way. You couldn't see it happening. And each step, because these guys are like close friends. They were like friends like me and Ryan that grew up together. You've known these guys since you were younger, right? Yeah, yeah. The, the whole totally. band. But this thing, yeah. God, God calls us all to yeah. go back. Yeah. And you know when you, you, you're saying how people get become religious, what happens is a lot of people, they go to church, they, they, they're they brand new, you know, newborn, like you were saying, born again, you come out of the world, God builds you up. And then a lot of people just keep getting built up. It's like they, they call it like they get like turned into like fat sheep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fat like, sheep in the church are like, oh, yeah, that word in Greek is this, and oh, that word is this. And they're just, oh, why are you guys doing this? Why are you doing that? And they're writing all these blogs and all this stuff. And they're just these big fat sheep, and they haven't done anything for Jesus besides come against, become religious and come against the people that are actually doing anything. And I love this verse in Jude. It says this, Jude, uh, it's only one chapter, but 20 through 3, it says, But you, dear friends, must build each other in the most holy faith, pray in the power of the Holy Spirit, and await the mercies of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourself safe in God's love, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Mercy is what you don't deserve. Mercy. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to others, but don't uh, do it with caution, hating even the sins that contaminate their lives. Or another version Look at says, my thumb. In another Jude 20, <laughs> right there, right tattooed right in his thumb. <laughs> and this is the deal. It Basically, another translation is snatching them up by the flames of fire. If you're going to snatch anyone out of hell, you're going to have to be at the gates of hell. That's it. Mm-hmm. And you can't be talking about it. We got to reach the world for Christ and sit behind your computer. And, and you know, you have to go out. Yeah. And that's why Jesus agreed Mark, uh, Mark 2. He demonstrates he was in the temple. He was at the lakeshore. He was in the streets. He was hanging out with sinners. I mean, he was doing it. But we have to reach people. We got to be in the world, but not of the world. Yeah, Jesus is there with those sinners, but he wasn't partaking of the sin. You're in the world. I'm in the world. But we're not partaking of the sin. But yeah, you know what? Guess what? I smell like smoke sometimes. Literally. <laughs> From the cigarettes. that I'm out at bars or 
or concerts, wherever I'm at, loving on sinners, where I where I came from, we have to reach those people. I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it. Yeah. Those people aren't going to walk into church anytime soon. Yeah. And they're not going to go to an outreach. Hey, guys, let's do an outreach at our church, and we'll get so-and-so, and the sinners are going to come. The reality, the people that I, my friends and your friends and our friends, yeah. they're not coming there. There's going to be no gays or lesbians there. That's not going to happen. Even if you have the Harvest Crusade, which is one of the biggest, we love Greg glory, and that's an amazing thing. But those people that are hanging out with Jesus in that dinner, those 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 uh, wolves of Wall Street, they're not walking into Harvest. They're not walking into any church. We have to go out and reach them. That's what I love about Jude 20. It says, go and snatch them out of yep. the flames of fire. But it says, have mercy twice. Yep. Mercy, mercy, mercy. mercy. Oh, I don't. Some For some Christians, you know, some of them throw the opposite of mercy to me. And you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't, I, I just, I'm trying to forgive and uh, I will forgive. Like, I immediately forgive. But, it, you know, it, it, it I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It does affect me in it. You know, it hurts. It, it hurts. Yeah. Cause, uh, cause I'm, cause my heart's pure for Jesus, and that's, it's all, and I'll be like Jesus, like I'll say it right now, Jesus, snatch, like, do anything you have to do to put me where I need to be. If I'm anywhere wrong, Lord, in your name, that's, that's what I pray to Him all the time. Yeah. But you know, people just like to hate. You well, know, it's not good to put yourself in a place where, where you're God, and you're become the critical spirit, and you start judging people. Yeah. Oh, because that means that I'm judging. Looking at you, I could judge. That means I'm judging the motives of your heart. Yeah. But no one knows the heart except for who? Yeah. God. God knows. And, they're, you know, don't say, and the heart's deceitfully wicked. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, we're out break. All right. Well, we'll be back in two minutes with Brian Head Welch. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now. 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop-de-doo. Now, back to Live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. I have Brian Head Welch in the studio. He is the guitarist. Is it lead guitar or is it backup? <laughs> wow. <laughs> me, and, me and Monkey are both lead guitar. I'm going to tell Monkey that you said you're lead and he's, you know, Yeah, he just two. does the rhythm while I solo. <laughs> um, yeah, we have him in studio. We're just talking about being in the world and not of the world. And our, our model is obviously Jesus Christ. You know, before we went to break, we, we were talking about that and I found that verse. It's in... Um, John 17, 15 through 18. This is Jesus' prayer to God the Father about his disciples. And we are his disciples as well, so it carries over. Here we go. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach, teach them my word, or your word, which is truth, just as you sent me into the world I am sending them into the world. I love that 18. Just as he sent just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them in the world. God sent his son Jesus Christ into the world to love on sinners. Hey, yep. can I say something? Uh No, dude, this is not this is my show. <laughs> oh yeah. This ain't the Brian Headwell show. You're in my studio. So check this out. Yes. Um outside of corn concerts and a lot of metal concerts there's these uh these preachers and they're like you're going to hell. 
Oh, yeah. Repent right now. You're going to hell. Guess how good that works? Right. Zero converts. You know, <laughs> love. True. Zero converts. Seriously. Yeah. Like, how's that? I've, it's been on film. Some of my friends film some of those guys. Say, how's that working out for you? And this guy said... There was uh, pretty good, bro. Yeah, we've had three, <laughs> we've had three salvations in thirty years or something like that. <laughs> and so, listen, like the love, listen, love transforms. It's like I'm a seed in that metal world. Phil, he's a seed in that metal world. And there's other Christians too, like the Dave Mustang and the and the and uh and Dave Ellison, Megadeth, Iron Maiden guys a Christian. Um, I can go on and on. Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. It just yeah. goes on and on. And so we're seeds in that world, and 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 if a seed is planted, it's gonna grow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it is growing, but that that is not working, man. You gotta go love on the people like you are saying. You go into bars and you hang out with them. That's all. I'm I'm doing the same thing. I'm up on stage, but when those people, when that whole crowd sees me, most of the whole crowd anyway, they know that I'm walking with Jesus. They know. They all know it. Yeah. They and know so it, it's yeah. it's a testimony every time. And, uh, I mean, I got this new guitar and just airbrushed Jesus right on the front of it, dude. It's awesome. No way. You know, it's all seeds, man. Yeah. It's all seeds. Well, we know that God's the one that makes it grow. We're just farmers. We just yeah. throw those seeds out. I mean, we, we know Petra from Germany. She was a hardcore atheist, had, like, supernatural dark stuff happening in her house her whole life. Hardcore atheist. Hated Christians. She used to chase them down, beat them up. She went to a corn show. Not by choice. Her friend was in the military in Germany, and she's like, let's go see corn. She's like, I like Ozzy. I'm not going to see this new metal stuff. <laughs> so she ends up showing up, and Head played with Love and Death, opened up, and then corn came on, and she didn't know Head. She goes, wait, that guy just singing that band. Now he's in the guitar player. What's the story? She went home and Googled him, found his I Am Second, found your MTV thing. Yeah. And over probably six months of her emailing questions about, about God with the whosoevers, she ended up finding the Lord and going actually to uh, Israel with us. And she's a hardcore Christian now. Yeah. How many other stories? There's millions. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, I talk about one in my book about that girl, Jennifer. Who, uh, she, um, the first show I played back with Corn, it was one song. And I wasn't even in the band. I was there. I was like, what am I doing here at this mm -hmm. show? And I felt... I felt like God like whispering to me, saying, these are my people. I want them. And I wrote about that in the book. It was like all these bands were like, rah, 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 rah. and I feel this, like, I feel I'm getting teared up. Mm -hmm. That's only the Holy Spirit, yeah, you know? Metal mm -hmm. doesn't make you cry. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I played the show, and this girl was out there, and she was on every drug you can think about. Her name's Jennifer. Maybe she's listening. Hi, Jennifer. Um, and she... Uh, she she went home and she was like, yeah, that's that guy that, you know, I didn't like corn after Brian left or whatever. And mm -hmm. she went home and she bought my book and she was like, I need God in my life. And she went to a church and it's a long story, but she she got saved and um, and it's just it's powerful. And I got her letter on the day where I was going to be like, OK, complete 100 percent. Yes, I'm going back. I got her letter on that day and it was my birthday. And the Holy Spirit hit me, and I start crying in my car. And he's like, see, this is mm. – so this is what happens. It's like we get saved, and God separates us and pulls us apart, and he works on us. But then he has to he has to save us from being stuck in our own little group too because mm -hmm. once we're prepared, we have to go. And so I was a little resistant when he was like, mm -hmm. lead me back to corn. I'm like, wait, how? So I understand people that, like, don't understand don't don't comprehend how I could be back yet. I, I understand them. And you know what? I'm I'm guilty. I confess that I sometimes I I uh when people say stuff to me, 
you know, they come at me with, I'm saying this because I love you on Facebook or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then they say, but you can't be back in that band, and then I get uptight, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I'm I'm kind of short. Yeah. Oh, I love what you're doing, man, but... But, and then they start going out, and then when I I say, man, how can you say anything about my calling? Like, worry about your calling and all that, and then, you know, sometimes I say the wrong things like that. But... In my books, you can tell that I'm pretty open about not being emotionally stable. <laughs> but I am now. But you know, I I confess my faults, so I'm weak in that area. But you know, it's just a it's just a calling. That it, that's that's it. And uh, you know, I'm not going to worry about others. Sometimes it gets to me, but usually I just you know I'm 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 walking with Jesus, and He's my judge. Yeah. Well, I think it's important just to put it in perspective, you know, for people because. What we're talking about here, because I know these guys, now I've known him now for like nine years, known Ryan my whole life. All of us had moments in our life where God broke us, man, and we came to the saving knowledge of the Lord. And all of us come from a bad background of drugs and alcohol. We experience being set free of all of these things. But then God starts capturing your heart. Now, Lord, how do you want to use my life? And all of us, you go through different things. You have a different calling. I have a different calling. Head has a different calling. Um, and then you start looking at your friends. For me, I remember because you weren't even walking with the Lord at that time when I, when I did, I would purposely like drive to some of our friends' houses. Like they were having big old parties and partied out or whatever. I'd show up and just like be prayed up, just hang out for like an, a couple hours or whatever mm-hmm. and then bounce. My influence on my friends' lives at that time were very important. Those were the same guys that maybe even they'd like, oh, these, he's tripping or whatever. They'd call me in the middle of the night drunk strung out like broken i've had friends of ours that have come by my office that like dude i was about to drive to the bar it was like 11 in the morning i was on my way to the bar or i was going to come see you and i i came to see you you strong tough dude come in my office broken crying and all of those were instances where i showed them love they didn't understand the gospel they didn't understand what god was doing in my life they looked at it from an outward perspective like it's just a religious thing He's kind of maybe tripping. Oh, it's good for him. He's sober and stuff. But they don't realize the, the, the matter of my heart and the God is real. But my just influence in their life is vital. And that's what's taking place here as well. Like we're all about growing in the Lord, all about reading it and making sure that our decisions are based upon the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. Then we have to have peace with that. A, a lot of people aren't going to understand certain decisions that we make. You know, and I think that that's so very important because, dude, the social media and all that stuff, we live in a culture where people beat each other down so much. And one thing that you guys have brought up often, look at the gospel. The Bible says that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. And God's love is the what leads a man to change, to repentance. It says that in his word in Romans chapter 2. And that's what we need to stay in the place of, of God's love. Um, for people that kind of trip on us too, trip on head like that's what he was just talking about right now too like god works in his heart to have love for them as well and the, the sad thing is is those that always think that they're right you can say the right you try to think you're saying the right things but with the wrong heart and it's of no value if it's not birthed in love yeah yeah totally it's calls though god's god told all of us he tells us all jesus tells us about the great commission mm-hmm. to go out and make disciples of the nation yeah so get cleaned up be born again, find out your call. Like John the Baptist, remember he was posted in the desert till he was 30 years old? He had that call. Like God called him at a young age. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, but he had to wait for 30 years. And then God said, okay, go. And it wasn't with the city folks. 
This was, I mean, he should have been in line to be a priest. His dad, his father was a priest. He should have automatically went right into that lineup in the priest. That that would have made sense. But it didn't make sense for him to go into the desert and turn his back on the priesthood. Think about right. that. That was also controversial. That was also radical for what he did. But guess what? God put a call in his life. And he was out there eating locusts and honey. He didn't fit the mold. That that dude was on stage today yep. in a church. People would be like, get this lunatic out of here. Right. Who is this guy? Look at the way he dresses, right? Yeah, dude, look at our culture right now. I mean, another suicide last week of somebody that called me up, 16-year-old. Um, I, these last three months, I've been hit up with more suicides than I've had in all of my time doing ministry. Um, people are so strung out. And I was just going to ask Head, too, because we talk about this, right? And you travel all over the place, deal with a lot of people. But Head, when you see this culture from the perspective that um, where you're around, what do you see that's taking place right now, the temperature of the world and the culture right now? Hmm. That's a tough question because, you know, it's like you get I get all kinds of different types of people. It's like some people are just looking out to go to concerts and having a good time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and some people are just holding on to the band for dear life because they uh, they're lost and they and they just that's that's their God. Mm -hmm. You know, some people I don't know. It's different. Some people are strung out and and then there's people that that are go there and they support me mm -hmm. and, you know, and they're like. They're just fans of what I do, you mm -hmm. know, and so, and so it's all it's a big mixture, it and is. and I just ask God to lead me to the people every day that He wants led there, and I ask Him to to get the people that would be distractions to go home, <laughs> because yeah. I, I've had that. I mean, just drunk people, people talking smack, saying "Hail Satan" when I'm trying to preach the mm -hmm. gospel and stuff, and I just, you know, I'd, if you're there, and and you know, if I have the authority to be there as a speaker, I know I'm called to it. Yeah. You know, so I can distinguish it pretty quick, but it's all it's all different types of people. But I've yeah. heard that same thing um, from a, from a pastor close by here that has a really big church. He said that he's seen so much suicide right now, same some thing, suicidal yeah. thoughts. So I guess there's some kind of a an yeah. attack no. going on with the. Is it younger people? A lot of younger people too. You know, and, and one thing you know that you brought up in the book. I don't want to give up all of it away, but one thing you were talking with Janae about uh, dealing with social media and everything. And a lot of people believe that um, because of social media and the heightened, because it could be used for a lot of good things, but people, they don't communicate or they're real lonely at times. And there's more of a depression that's taking place in the, with some of those aspects. There's other things in our culture too. Um, but yeah, a lot of young people. Uh, we've had a, a lot of young suicides. I mean, at the church that, that we're a part of, and then friends and family, all different ages, money, no money. Doesn't really matter. Depression. Depression. Yeah, depression's big. You know, a lot of people, are, with the social media thing, the big thing is the image. Putting on a facade or an image that the person really is not. Or looking for love or looking for something that's going to fill a void and it gets addictive and then you're just messed up. Well, we, we know that the suicidal thoughts and all that stuff, we know that's demonic. You know, we know mm -hmm. that that's like a demon presence around you influencing these thoughts, these minds, throwing these fiery darts in. And, and also along with that, you know, I told you I was up in L.A. recently. And, you know, out of uh, eight people, me being one of them in the room, I think it was like six of the people in there were having demons uh, come into their room. I mean, these aren't Christians. I talked about my encounter and I said, hey, I had these demons come to my room and all of a sudden it just changes the whole dynamic of the room. And everyone starts confessing that they've all had these 
black shadows or these other demons coming to their room and no one even knew like it's like you you bring the darkness and the light and all of a sudden everyone starts talking about it and they're like you're having this i remember one girlfriend of the guy goes you never told me about this and then the other girl's like oh i grew up with this and like i'm going oh my gosh out of out of eight people seven people are dealing with demons in this room and if i would have never said about anything about it they wouldn't know and then i got an opportunity to talk to them about jesus yeah that's crazy. I remember when that happened to me when I was, I wrote about in my first book, I was paralyzed, couldn't wake up. I don't remember I was that. Like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> I couldn't move. <laughs> I could not move. Yeah. But the day, the next day, I was like closer to Jesus than ever yeah. because I was like some demon, that's power. Right. If it, some demon could hold you down and I was sounding like the exorcist lady. Yeah. So I was like scared right into his arms. Yep. That's yeah. what I said too, man. Because we both doubt that same thing, like the demonic oppression or, or you know, demonic, the, the fact that it's real like that, it makes it like, dude, God's real. Absolutely. I'm going to say I'm his son. I'm going to say connected to the Lord. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love it. God, exactly. Resist the devil, he'll flee from me. Boom. I love it when right that there. happens because, like, that uh, that opportunity happened. These guys all believe in demons. So I'm like, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about the light. If you believe yeah. in the darkness already, yeah. me talking about Jesus is going to be no. E it's going to be so easy. He's the boss of all of, of everybody in this. He's mm -hmm. like, yeah. he tells everybody what to do. He's yeah. like the king. He's the king. He's like, I love it. I can go on and on. <laughs> so that hey, that happened in your book. I didn't remember reading. Did you see like a demon in your room, or you just, it was just one of those ones where you don't see it, just choking you out? Yeah. No. I, first time in my life that it's ever happened. And people say, "Well, that was just a." Oh yeah, it was the night I quit meth. I threw the meth in the toilet, and that same night I went to bed and I woke up a little bit after I fell asleep, and I was like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't move my arm, yeah. and and I slept with my Bible. And an Bible. evil presence. Yeah. There's yes. an evil presence. It's scary, no, you know, dude. man. You know, yeah. I, I know when demons are around, man. I've terrifying. They, they, yeah. I've been having some crazy dreams lately, where, where, uh, yeah. I know when the demons are around. You just know. You you get trained. Hey, off off the uh, well on the demon subject. I went to a concert. I was at a music festival, and and Slayer was playing there. Okay. And believe it or not, dude, I was on the side of the stage because I'm like, I've never seen Slayer in concert and I know their whole 666 and all that thing. So I was standing there on the side and I was like, what are these dudes about? When they walked up on stage, I literally felt a presence. Mm. Dude, I, I've never felt that at any other show, but I felt like a presence walk up and I was with my niece and I was like, do you feel that? And I've never felt that before. I was like, whoa, these guys, these guys are probably into some stuff. You know what's sure. crazy? The singer? Yeah. He he, he professes himself. He goes to the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. oh, he's pretty dedicated with his family. No way. <laughs> That's crazy. That is crazy. That's nuts. But uh, that is crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah, religion. Well, you know, I think this is what really brought all these paths together. Your you and head and Sonny and everything too. Like the the birth of the whosoever's was that the same heartbeat. It's like you come from all these backgrounds, looking out to the world. Did how's God going to use my life? You know, they're broken people. All these guys were broken. Head was so broken at that time. Yeah. Sonny was broken at that time. And and it was so perfect because it's just steps. That's just another thing that people don't realize. Like, we're just going through different seasons of our life, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's so crazy that people can be on one side, just all have your back for a little bit, and then they flip on you so quick. And then another season going to take place, and then they're going to come back in your life, you know? The whosoever's birth on people that wanted to lark our arms together, the reality that this world is jacked up, messed yep. up, we've been set free from it. Lord, how do you want to use our lives? 
And that heart and that vision, that passion continues going on. Sonny, same thing. Sonny was wrestling with like, dude, should I be a pastor? Do I need to do ministry? Like all those things were things that he's thought about at some point. People give a lot of influence, but then peace, going back to POD, you know, what, what Ted's doing, what your vision is, you know? People have to submit to the calling of God in their life or you'll never be happy. You'll never be fulfilled. Yeah, And totally. when God's leading it, things just kind of fall into place. We got to reach the lost. Yep. At, at, there, a, at any cost. <laughs> seriously, no, we have to, that too. True. But we have we have to. And we got to figure out, get in tune with God, read, pray, get direction, and then go. And don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. You know, you just got to go for it. So where can people find this book, Head? Um, uh, well, brianheadwelch.net or Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any of that stuff. Um, some... Uh, a lot of Christian bookstores actually are carrying it. There's some that, um, they're just one chain. I forget what it's called, but they're not carrying it. But uh, yeah, you can get it anywhere. Sick. iTunes, mm-hmm. audiobook. When you write in a book, uh, you need to. Well, Once his ADD goes away. Yeah, probably never. <laughs> when when your girls are driving. I'm like, yeah, I'm still working on that book, guys. You guys, you guys are 21 now? Yeah, yeah. No, um. <sighs> Honestly, I believe that my my story ended for the book after the kids were born, because that was a whole radical. I know you yeah. don't really care, Ted, but dude, I I was followed, a crazy story. I followed all of it. <laughs> I kept up with all of it. I saw your 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 when I think they were born and you spoke the next day or something like that. Um, About a week church? or two, a couple of weeks later, and I told the story. It wasn't the next day. Uh, no. no. Okay. Uh, it no, actually might have been the week. Uh, week it was a week after, but I told the yeah. whole story how God was actually speaking to us like he was speaking and your mom the, had the vision of the boat yeah. so I you were paying attention. yeah man he is our friend <laughs> you're my friend i got all that <laughs> yeah so now i believe that that's going to be the end because that was just this huge miracle that's why you didn't write the book because you had no piece that it wasn't done yet yeah well i've already been working on it so we already have the outline so now i, I told the guy to finish that up as the end and then um so we're we're finishing the outlines and then we're going to start shopping it but there is a couple of different um people that are involved so uh so far Ever yeah. since that I Am Second came out. What? Literally after My Am Second came out, I got hit up by a publisher. Are you serious? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But. Pretty crazy. So, yeah, we're going to. I'm going to listen to your book, too. You're going to read it. Yeah. You read it. <laughs> that was, I was out at it, and then I had these three twins. <laughs> I'll lose my voice if I have to talk for. I know. Well, it'll take me two months. You know what you could do? What? Hire Shane or Raw, your brothers. <laughs> or my dad. No, my dad would be like. In, I got. I can't even. Do All that. I can do it actually. And and then I went in. My daughters were born. My my daughters were born <laughs> down there in LA. I can't even do my. Can you do my dad's accent? Oh, sometimes, but I, I love it. Now. Hey Ryan, don't stupid. Don't touch that. You need Jesus Christ. And I was in Panama City. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in Panama City. I was all cooked out. <laughs> I'm gonna actually have maybe my brother do it. Yes, come on. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us all. Kooks, all of us. We're all kooks, (laughs) idiots. And we still are, Lord. The only thing good, the only thing good in us, Lord, is you. That's right. Bam. Well, we have like five minutes left. Any any plugs? Tell us about Jenea. What, what what's her deal now? Oh, (laughs) Jenea. Your daughter. She is. Your daughter is gorgeous. You know what? You better watch it. You better get a big shotgun. I am. Elephant gun. <laughs> Elephant gun. If you shoot somebody, it'll just explode them. Just done. Man, back in the day, 
We hired, you know, there's gangs, uh, you know, they got the blood in the crypts. And so we know someone that started one of those. And so I'm going <laughs> to have a bodyguard around Jenea. All around the, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, she's, so uh, I got her, uh, she just graduated not too long ago. So it's just, it's freaking me out. But she's doing good, man. She she hit the the rock bottom and she was harming herself and she was, she hated me. She hated God because of Christians. Mm-hmm. She would see, she would go online and see people just bash me. Mm-hmm. And and they'd be like, you can't have that color hair. God, why would God want you to have like pink hair or whatever to her? Yeah. Like, and oh. she was, and, and she's a teenager. So she... I mean, you guys do that online. If, if there's anybody listening that goes and says that stuff online, you are actually used by the enemy to, to, to scare these kids away from God. Yeah. Because they don't want nothing to do with, with God, with, with someone telling them that, they, that their pink hair is ugly. or You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. God made the rainbow. <laughs> What's wrong with pink? Mm. Oh, pink's not in the rainbow, is it? But uh, it's, it's, it could be. It could be. It it's between red and <laughs> white. I don't know. But, uh, but she's doing awesome now. She's learned to, a lot of forgiveness. She's learned a lot of uh, just, you know, she's processing. And she's been processing for three and a half years. And she writes like a mother, too. Because I, I read that letter. Yeah. I read that letter. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, she writes really good. And you know what? I asked her, me and Tiffany from her school... We asked her, do you want to write something? And she's like, yeah, I don't know. And and Tiffany was encouraging her. You know, you, you, something from your own words might be really go- good for, you know, kids to, to read or whatever. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. And then Tiffany was really, because she helps me raise her, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing everything on my on my own. And when I got them, they're just helping me raise her. So she uh, she tried it one day. She was just like, okay, I'll go try. And out comes this page with my favorite page of the whole book because yeah. she just she just lets her heart like she oh, looked awesome. outside she saw trees and she was like she just started it's like poetry you yeah. know and so i was it looks so, so proud of her say picturesque like it, something it like was, that. Yeah. it was it was like I, no check it out i call tiffany i go hey um so yeah when did you guys write this together she goes no janae wrote it and i said so she didn't have any help no i go that's insane i go she didn't write it i go and and i asked tiffany i go can you just tell me like and she goes, Brian, what do you think I would tell you if I helped her that I wouldn't tell you that? And I was like, but I can't believe it. Like, how did I've never seen her write something like this? So, yeah, I'm really proud of her. She drove me from Indiana to Kentucky and back the other day, too. She just started driving. And that's, that's awesome. No, it's not awesome. That is awesome. It's scary. You know how many close calls we had? <laughs> Seriously, yeah. You wait. Your kids are seven, five, and three. Yep. Yeah. Seven, seven five, and it's uh, 19 not months. awesome. I'll ask you in like. <laughs> Eight years. Scary, huh? It's really scary. So, wait, why? Why are you? Why are you changing lanes into that car? But I thought I thought I passed it. No, you did it. It was right there. Is she texting too? No, texting your dude. Drive? Check this out. What? She's like, I don't want an iPhone. We got I'm, one minute left. Okay, I've wa- she's waited three and a half years to get an iPhone because she has an uh, iPhone. Oh yeah, that's right. And it's finally time for it. She goes, no. She goes, I just want a normal phone and I want an iPad that has Wi-Fi because I don't want to be on my phone texting people all day long like everybody else I see. Look at that wisdom. Dang, that's amazing. I need that's to do that. That's wisdom. All right, guys, everyone, get, get, we got to get the dumb phones. Turn in your iPhones right now. I'll take them. <laughs> yep. Everyone yep. in the studio. You two back there with the sound. 
Chad, the, yeah, you. For those that are listening, always go to thewhosovers.com. We're coming at the end of the school year right now, but we're going to continue booking Kill the Noise tours going on to the next year. There's so much dope apparel that's out there as well. And if you want to get behind the movement of the Whosovers, you can donate at any time, man. Love you guys so much. Thank you, sir. Head. Thank you. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Peace. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese.